the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is the 1990s. Seems like a long time ago. And actually, I guess it is. <laughs> It's not ancient history, but uh, it's it's uh, what we're talking, you know, 30 years ago, pretty much. Okay, we do have a special guest, Mick Heyman from Heyman Investment Counseling. Today's topic is going to be harmonizing finances for lasting prosperity. Mick founded Heyman Investment Counseling, introducing a stress-free method for harmonizing your finances. His philosophy centers on sound money management as the conduit to health, wealth, and wisdom. Hey, Mick, welcome to The Best of Investing. Thank you so much, Edward, and excited to be here and, and chat with you. That's Yeah, yeah. so um, so let's start off with um, share a pivotal moment from your early career that helped shape the uh, your approach to wealth management. Sure. One, one of the uh, early, thing, early assignments I had, I got in the business in 1980, and if we hmm. recall that, that, that was not a great time for stocks. You know, no. in fact, people looked at me and said, you know, it's almost like I was going to become a ditch digger or something. You know, it's like, what are you doing? They're, they're doing nothing. I think stocks were up yeah. a total of 5% for the entire decade of the 70s. And of yeah, course, 74, 75. I mean, it dropped like 50%. It dropped. And then yeah. really, and, and the hot things back then were gold or silver. And of course, real estate was an oil. It was really hard assets. And, um, and but but one of my first assignments was going back. Uh, we were getting data into this new, you know, it was the one of the first, you know, portable computers, which probably was wow. about as por- portable as a couch. I mean, it yeah, wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't like today's. But uh, we we needed to get data in there to analyze, you know, different things, Fed funds rate, whatever. And of course, there was no internet, so it was like, how are you going to get the data? Well, Mick, go to the library. Start reading Barron's, and each week yeah. they print this data and yeah. write it down and then put it in the computer. Well, I couldn't do the assignment without reading the headlines. And each week it looked like the world was coming to an end. Yeah. You know, it was the Great Depression. It was Pearl Harbor. It was the Korean War. Of course, the Kennedy assassination and untold millions of things in between. 
that, you know, the, the, the media, you know, we talk about today, the social media and the media in general always scaring people. It, th- yeah. This is not different. And, but, but the lesson yeah. I learned from this kind of, you know, looking at, at, the, at the headlines going forward was the world keeps going. You know, the, the headlines yeah. move yeah. to another headline. And those True. things we're angsting about today, or if you remember even last year, here the market had a great year, but during the year, there were probably 10 or 12 things that we could have been worried about, this imaginary recession or the government shutdown. Yeah or the default. And and these things tend to get forgotten and then we move on to the next worries. But that was one of the most pivotal pivotal things in my life to be able to look at the at the market and say, you know, you've reduced your worry a little bit because this too shall pass. And it will well, move on. Interest rates were high and they actually still went up a little higher in 81. They did. And and people are, of course, concerned with mortgage rates at six or seven here. And back then you were buying, it was 15 percent. 15, yeah. Still buying homes, you know, they're still living homes. And of course, if you said rates were going under 10 percent, you would have been locked up and thrown out of the business. (laughs) And now. Put in a padded cell. (laughs) Exactly. And and now if you said rates are going up to 10%, well, I'm not predicting that, but of course, you know, it's the same thing. So, so worries never stop. And, and so it made me think you got to have an investment plan for yourself that, that, that kind of is long-term so that these short-term uh, worries don't don't cause you to make decisions you shouldn't make. Gotcha. Okay. Tell you what, uh, we're going to go to a commercial break here, and we're going to ask our trivia question. Before we do, I do want to make a mention here for uh, ITEX, which is a barter company. Uh, I've been a member for a number of years now, and uh, the best part about it is you don't have to use cash. You can you can you do trading of services, and it's a company that uh, people deposit basically their various services in because, you know, I might need an electrician, but an electrician doesn't need me, but he needs an accountant and the accountant needs what I have. And so it's kind of a, a nice bartering system and it's all legal. You get the 99s. It's all above board. Check them out. ITEX, I-T-E-X. All right. We're going to go to our uh, first trivia question here. Talk about the 1990s. And again, uh, just to remind Mick, if, if you know the answer, don't say anything until we get back. Okay, uh, who was Russia's first elected president? So the 1990s, who was Russia's first elected president? First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Call 888-912-1190. And uh, by the way, that certificate is worth over $100. Uh, also want to make a mention here for Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. You know, the Super Bowl's coming up pretty soon here. And what better way to celebrate it than get a Mountain Mike's Pizza from uh, San Rafael. All right. Stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. I'm going to ask the trivia question one more time for the tanning certificate which is who was russia's first elected president all right don't touch that dial we're gonna be right back for more information on today's topic call edward brown directly at 888-912-1190 the best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 a.m the answer Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown 
on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, guest Mick Heyman. Um, the uh, trivia question that we asked was, who was, they were talking about the, the, the theme is the 1990s. Who was Russia's first elected president? And no, it wasn't Putin. Any, you want to take a stab at it? I'll take a guess. It just popped in my head, and I, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but is it Yeltsin? Yeltsin? Yes. Very good. Boris Yeltsin. Why? You know, it's funny because I was not, it just popped in my head when you said that. Yeah. It's funny because uh, uh, the audience doesn't know that we were, when we went to commercial break, you and I were talking about this for a bit. And you said, you know, I, I can kind of picture the guy. I think about it, but it doesn't come to my mind. And very good. You got it just in time, too. I like that. Okay. All right. So uh, Mick Heyman um, from uh, Heyman Investment Counseling. Uh, so your background combines economics with a deep interest in psychology and philosophy. Uh, how has this unique blend influenced your investment strategies? I think what it's done is is have me uh, more sensitive to the the emotions of the market because you you can yeah. get people on here who talk about you know the the economic trends and this and that, but. It's it's you know the market tends to move on emotions and doesn't move yes. on you know every time an economic release is 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 out there they're talking about something that just happened six months ago or three mm -hmm. months ago or or it's the past quarter they're not talking about the future quarter the markets move on the future quarters and so yeah. it just when when times are at their worst when when you see like the consumer um, confidence uh, if you look at that chart over the last six or 12 months, it was at the bottom of where it's been even back in, in you know, the, the recession days, you know, back in 08, yeah. 09. Well, guess what? After all this fear and trembling in 2000, you know, at the end of 2022, when the market was down close to 20%, people were yeah. scared. People were nervous. People weren't expecting anything. Well, if you understand emotions, yeah. you realize just at the bad times, things tend to move the other direction. And, well, and it, it, used to, it used to be in the old days that the market was about 18 months ahead. So people, like you said, people do, it's really the future because um, you don't want to be left behind, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. And then and the other thing is understand our own psychology. Each yeah. of us is a different person. Each of us is willing to, to either, you know, make or lose a certain amount of money. And you know that the risky money that's in stocks or real estate or whatever it is, um, that, that money when it goes in a surprise direction, let's say it's going down, how okay. does that affect each person? And by understanding that, you can have strong hands. Somebody has strong hands with 70% in, say, real estate or stocks. Somebody mm -hmm. else, 40%. Well, whatever that level is, if you can find that amount, then when things do go down, people are saying, oh, now it's time to buy. Because yeah. they're not scared. But if you had 75% of your money in stocks and they go down 20%, and that, and that was a shock to your system and you can't sleep at night, what are you going to yeah. do? You're going to no. be sleeping when you should be buying. And so understand the emotions of that, uh, to me, is more important than worrying about the, the statistics of the, of the economy or something. How do you get, how do you get your clients over, over that hump? It's really going through the what's the worst can can happen kind of scenarios. 
And, you know, people might say, well, I'm 40 years old and I can take this risk and I should be, you know, 75 or 80 percent in stocks because I'm going to I've got a 20 year horizon. And the numbers would agree with that. Right. It's kind of like the, these football guys who are going for it on fourth down because the oh, yeah. statistics yeah. tell you, well, they're not understanding the personal situation there. And with that person, you say, well, let's say, you know, during the surprise, you know, pandemic, the market was down 30 over 30 percent in three weeks. What would you do if that happened with 80 percent in stocks? You know, their eyes open up and you say, well, you know, that wasn't predicted. Well, the next thing won't be either. You know, there, there's always, you know, every yeah. you know, few years, there's something that's going to knock you down and you need to have strong hands. And usually by going through that exercise, People get comfortable with, okay, you know, this is amount I can I can stand to lose. I was working for an older couple one time. It was back in 1987. They were worried about a crash like the 29 crash. We went yeah. through that exercise, and ironically, three you know we didn't sell any stocks, unfortunately, but yeah. they understood what the risk was. So yeah. three weeks later, when ironically the market did crash, yeah. I called them up. They weren't mad. They said, huh, the portfolio is about what you said it would be. Let's wow. That's, that's, that's amazing that they, they could take that attitude because a lot of people forget that before October of 87, in July of 87, it had uh, like a mini, a mini crash. A lot of people don't remember that one. That's right. And, that's and, right. But yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty devastating. I know people who uh, uh, lost their cookies <laughs> when uh, they were on the trading floor. And when they went to the one guy went to the bathroom and the market dropped like 500 points, he came out and he threw up. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he was a trader. And that's a, it's a little different, but kind of kind of scary stuff. Tell you what, we're going to go to our second commercial break here on that happy note. Uh, talking about uh, 1990s trivia here. What was the first animated feature film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. And I can tell you're thinking because you're looking up and to the left. That's what they say is when you're thinking hard, you're up and to the left. Uh, the audience can't see who's listening. I'm just watch, listening on the radio. But uh, Mick is kind of looking up to the stars and to the left. Okay. What was the first animated feature film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Uh, again, we're talking the 1990s. Um, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Mick Heyman. And uh, Mick, let's see if you know, for so far, you're one for one. All right. In the 1990s, is uh, our trivia theme, what was the first animated feature film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Well, I'm going to take a wild guess just because I have boys that were in the 90s watching animated films, and I think their favorite was Shrek. So anyway, that's my guess. You know, I don't know if did Shrek come out in the nineties or two thousand. No idea. No idea. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, it's funny that that that's not it's not a bad guess. Not it's not the right answer though. Uh, Beauty okay. and the Beast. 
Okay. Interesting. All right. And uh, let's see here. Let's continue on. We got some good questions for you here. Uh, So in your book, Mellow Your Money, you emphasize the importance of a balanced money mindset. Could you elaborate on how self-reflection and self-awareness contribute to financial success? And before you do that, we, we want to make sure the audience knows how to get a hold of you in case they have questions. So why don't you give out your information and then we'll go back into that question. About sure. And, and uh, it's Nick at mellowyourmoney.com is the best email. And uh, I would love to, to talk to people or communicate. And I'm, I'm happy to get any kind of emails or questions. And, and the website is www.mellowyourmoney.com. And okay. So, and you're looking in San Diego, so you're not that far away, really. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, okay. I enjoy uh, part of the fun of having the book out is doing things like this or talking to yeah. people and getting to know uh, what people I, are. And now you, now you just got Jim Harbaugh for your Chargers. Well, it's a funny thing down here. There's half the city hates the Chargers and half of it are still loving them. So it, it's. Uh, oh, because they moved? The Chargers because of the move. Gotcha. You know, it's funny up here uh, when the Oakland Raiders became the L.A. Raiders. But, you know, because there's a big difference between Oakland and L.A. compared to San Diego and L.A. like distance wise. Um, and so, you know, when a lot of when they went down to, to L.A., a lot of people just said, forget it. I, I just I can't stand the Raiders anymore. Then right. they came back to Oakland and then some people, yeah, you kind of get back on the bandwagon. And then they go to Las Vegas. It's like, all right, we're done with them. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, okay, so uh, back to the question. So in your book, Mellow Your Money, you emphasize the importance of a balanced money mindset. Could you elaborate on how self-reflection and self-awareness contribute to financial success? Sure. And and part of it relates to what we were talking about before is is understanding yourself is mm-hmm. so important before you, you start investing. Because yeah. too often... You, you could say that your first thousand dollars that you, that you go into the market, whether it's real estate or whatever it is, is understanding uh-huh. the risk and understanding your own willingness to take risk is so important because if you lose on that first amount of money, that could influence how you invest the rest of your life. And well, so, and if you if and, and with that example, if if you have a thousand dollars and you you lose. 20%. Now you got 800. Now you're going to make 25% on your money and the rest of it just to break even. So you got to catch right. up. And yeah. so if you're thinking about that in, in those terms and, and what risk will do to you, that's what would cause you to make decisions that what you really want with that thousand dollars is to keep putting money in. So then you're making you know decisions on $500,000 or a million dollars as you grow older. So if yeah. you don't want those early decisions to be heavily influenced. And, you know, I, I, one, one of the first clients I had was an elderly lady. She had, and people have this same thing with real estate and in stocks where the capital gains were so high, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. And so even though we were managing the money, kind of, we, we couldn't do much. And so at the end of the year, we'd look at who did the best, who outperformed. You know, we have these trading accounts. We have these, you know, accounts where doctors wanted to go in and out of the market. Well, guess yeah. who outperformed everyone? It was Eloise. The, the buying. And, and yeah. so oftentimes, you know, doing nothing is an active decision. But you have to be willing to look through the headlines, turn that noise off. And now, be- do you like 
Well, well let me ask you, do you, uh, so, I mean, you're, you, you seem to, to gravitate more towards the stock market. Do you go for like dividend paying stocks or more just growth or what's your general? I know each person's going to be different depending upon their, their, right. their, their appetite, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, cause I know some people who like they really focus on dividend paying stocks. I, I love dividend paying stocks, but you know, what I also like is balance and everything. And okay. so I also love technology. And, okay. and it's been such a growth area for, for people. And so what I've tended to do uh, with my clients is to blend, have some technology, because that seems to be the growth of our economy. Well, you especially know, this new AI, it seems to be like the, the, the latest thing. The latest right? thing. I, I hate that when they say this is the new paradigm, this is the new thing, because you remember, <laughs> I know, based on your experience, the 1990s, when there was this new paradigm that ended Called quite the internet. viciously. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and the internet was. It was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't yeah. mean there's not a huge valley in between. And so, but I love technology for the long term, but I balance it with these kind of slow moving dividend payers so that you kind of always have something working or at least something protecting you from, 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 you know, untoward markets. Not a bad philosophy. Tell you what, we're going to go to our next commercial break. We have one more trivia question to ask here. Uh, then when we come back, we've got some other good questions for you about, you know, long-term investing. Uh, and uh, let's see, I, I, I got a few other questions to ask, ask you here. Okay. So uh, third trivia question. And again, the theme is the 1990s. Who was named the first female secretary of state in 1997? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which, again, is worth over $100. Who was named the first female secretary of state in 1997? All right. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here, along with a special guest, Mick Heyman. Don't touch that dial because we are going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mick Heyman, my special guest. All right, a third trivia question, and the theme is the 1990s uh, trivia theme. Who was named the first female Secretary of State in 1997? Mick, what do you think? It wasn't Madeline Albright, was it? It was. Very good. Wow, two for three. Not bad. A lot of people didn't like her decisions. They called her Madeline Halfbright, but uh, but her real name is Madeline Madeline Albright. All right. So, uh, Mick, you're a uh, – I mean, how do you – I mean, your investment counselor, you're, you're an RIA, stands yeah. for Registered Investment Advisor. Um, you know, it's funny, I, and I, I didn't ask you this before, our, and, and I've got a special reason for this. Um, are you, do you have that fiduciary designation? Uh, or, or they, you know, like people say, I, 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 I'm a fiduciary. I, 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 well, I think that the strict definition of a fiduciary is somebody that's holding money that's 
that's actually, um, you know, doing a trust or something. And so I have oh yeah, no, that's that's different. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I ask because I hear on the radio sometimes, you know, guys uh, touting the fact of yes, and I'm a fiduciary, blah blah, and you know that means I have to put my client's interest in front of uh, before my own. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, are you telling me if you didn't have that designation, you're not going to be looking after your clients first anyway? I mean, to me, that's personally, I I would never tout that. I would just. I I I agree with you exactly with with what your your views are on that too. Yes, if you're managing someone's money, you are intuitively having a fiduciary duty to take care of them, and and those are down to listening to them, following their objectives. If they say never buy Microsoft, I hate it. You better not buy it. You better exactly. have a diversified portfolio. If you say, I love Microsoft, half the portfolio is going to be in it. That's not being <laughs> fiduciary. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, no, but that, that's a good point. So, there's a difference between being called a fiduciary and having a fiduciary duty. Yes, yes. Two, two different things. So, I, I appreciate that. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Uh, I think we did. We kind of cover one of these. You know, long-term investing is a cornerstone of your philosophy. How do you approach market volatility and the emotional ups and downs that come with it? Did we kind of cover that a little bit before? Sure. And and what it is, and, and to get you know, a little bit into the details, it's being patient. You know, yeah. if you it it, it it Apple is a great example. If you bought Apple and you were so excited after it tripled, say from two yeah. to six, and you just sold the whole thing. Guess what happened? You missed the the next twenty year run, and so yeah. be patient. But on the other hand, don't let Apple become fifty percent of your portfolio. Take some profits along the way, and so be moderate, but but be patient because some of these stocks that that you you own, you want to own all your life. You know, Procter and Gamble. Uh, I, do cha- I do want to challenge you that on just a minute uh, here because it reminds me back in the. In the 80s. Now, this was, we didn't know, nobody really knew if oil was going to go down, you know, the way it did. I owned, I owned stock in a company called Western Company of North America. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, a company that basically provided the drilling equipment to, to oil companies, et cetera. And, um, and I remember I owned the stock and it, it hovered around 10 to $12 a share. But what I would do is I would sell the option. For you know the the one that would maybe as as to fifteen or something like that or maybe even ten, and I was making about twenty percent a year by just selling the option because it would expire and I'd keep the stock etc. But then the stock dropped to nine, and then I'd still send sell the tens you know and then it dropped to eight and I'd still sell the tens okay. and I, and I I um and I was working with a back then I didn't have my license and I was working with a stockbroker. I mean this guy was really good. I mean he actually the first time that Schwab had a contest for options trading out of I don't know 100,000 entries he won it. He went he went like like 19,000% in 3 months. It was ridiculous. This guy was just phenomenal. And I remember he was uh he he came from Taiwan and he would tell me Oh, Edward, you go sell that company. He goes, you got to sell that company. I said, yeah, but I'm making 20% a year. Uh, you know, and I haven't sold the stock. And I'm making 20% a year on this. He goes, yeah, I think if the company go to, goes to zero. And I go, I can't go to zero. Well, guess what? It went to zero. <laughs> so I made 20% a year for about four years, and then I lost it all. <laughs> that, no, that 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 is a good point to bring up is, is you know, I, was, I always uh, – 
I have a couple of those in my background too, but it's very easy to say, what, how about Woolworths or how about Xerox or Blackberry? Who didn't own a Blackberry 20 years ago and now they're in your closet. So it doesn't mean don't pay attention because um, if you have a stock that's going down and, and to me, I'm not a person that puts stop losses on every stock or else, you know, the market goes down, you're out of everything. Yes. But I do at some point when a stock goes down more than the market in an extreme fashion, at some point I draw yeah. a line in the sand. Okay. And bank stocks in, in 2008 were a great example. I mean, at the, the minute that AIG dropped, and I can't remember where it started, but at 70 yeah. or $80 down to 50, you'd say, ah, it's a value. Well, at 40, at 30, at some point you say, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't understand it. When you well, see what's the AIG at now? I don't know. I mean, it went all the way to one or less, didn't it? And AIG did. Wow, that's that's that 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 amazes me. I mean, I'm, I'm going to look it up while we're we're talking here. American International Group. Uh, it's actually it's it's at sixty eight. Yeah. Interestingly, that sixty eight. If we hit a monthly thing, that sixty eight is is down from. It had a reverse split, so when uh-huh. it started dropping, it was like at a thousand. If you take in in, oh, in the oh, reverse, yeah, split. actually, in October one of two thousand, it was nineteen hundred dollars a share. Yeah, and it uh, in in April first two thousand seven, it was at fourteen hundred. Then it dropped all the way to twenty. Yeah, yeah. So they make you. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. It hasn't recovered. Very if good. It Two dollars. Yeah. No one would buy it. So they reverse split the thing and they say, oh, we're yeah. at $60. That doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> and it may not be. I mean, I don't know anything about it. But at some point, that was an example. If you name the bank, at some point, Citigroup were going down below what would be oh, yeah. And you have to admit, I don't know what's going on. Blackberry, I've got one, yeah. but it's moving in the wrong direction. You have to be willing to move yeah. away. Yeah, they, they, I mean, otherwise we'd still own buggy whip companies, you know, exactly. I mean, yeah, which was part of the original. Look, uh, at, the or Dow, look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 1980. About a third of their stocks aren't in there anymore. Exactly. No, things things change. All right. Uh, we don't have a trivia question, but uh, stay with us because uh, we've got some closing comments here on the best of investing. Again, with our special guest, Mick Heyman. And uh, don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back with some closing comments. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Uh, Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Mick Heyman, uh, who is an investment counselor. And uh, Mick, let's uh, let's leave the audience with a a couple of uh, success stories. Sure. And, and it's a funny thing when, when you talk about success, people love to say how they made so much money for their clients. But to me, success is how happy is the client? And one of my larger clients uh, was not very sophisticated in the market, came into a large amount of money and just wanted to um, 
be very conservative. We almost had to talk him into having any stocks at all. We, we kind of settled on 50-50, and we had this discipline of every time the stock market would move to 55%, we were going to cut back to 50 forcing us to forcing me to sell it when it's high. If it dropped to 45%, we'd buy. And very mechanical. And ironically, you wouldn't believe how many times his allocation hit 55% in stocks because the market was going up, sell it down to 50, and immediately the market would drop within a week or a month. It was unbelievable. And he'd call up and he'd say, oh, that discipline, we, you're a really smart guy. And I'm thinking, I'm, it's not being smart, it's being disciplined. And yeah. so often people want to take credit for predicting the market or predicting the great this or the great that. But for most of us, following the discipline is the way to success. Now, did I make him all this money or did I, you know, create? No, but my job is to, is to save it, make sure it stays there. And so it, it's, it's a, a relative value game. I'm not winning the Super Bowl, but I'm keeping that team alive type of thing. Yeah. So you know, me, it's, it's funny. It, in the old days when I used to do financial consulting, I, I, I think I told a story to the audience once before, once before I had a, um, I had a brand new client and we were diversifying and we were back then we were just using mutual funds and uh, she was, she was very unsophisticated, but she liked the idea of, of diversification uh, in the mutual funds, et cetera. And for whatever reason, somewhere in the, uh, Early, early 1990s, I think it was, uh, we just happened to, you know, she just happened to invest at the right time. And the first quarter, she was up like 20%. And she just thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, right. I, and I told her, I said, Tammy, um, I, I still remember her name, Tammy. I said, Tammy, listen, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I think I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> you know, I said, right. I promise you this is not going to happen all the time, right? Well, the next quarter, she was up like another 15%. And she just thought oh, I was the greatest thing again. I said, Tammy, I'm telling you, we're going to have times when it's not going to be like this. Oh, no, Edward, you're just the greatest. You know, well, yeah. sure enough, like the next quarter, it went down like 10 percent. Edward, What happened? You know, what you do? What you do? Right. <laughs> what you do? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I sold. And so that's what, you know, supply and demand. I sold my portfolio and that's what caused the entire stock market to drop. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not exactly. <laughs> if, well, if, uh, me, if I sold my entire portfolio, I guarantee it would go up because <laughs> of my own timing experience. Actually, I had a, I have a, a friend who used to be very high up in a very well-known company that uh, he said that one time uh, they angst for about three days over whether or not to sell like literally one stock because they were afraid that they were going to tank the entire stock market. That's oh, how God. big this company was. Yeah. And I said, what'd you do? And he goes, no, we, we just decided even it just wasn't worth selling because wow. we, we were that concerned. We were going to crash the market. And I go, you know, again, I, I can't compete with the big boys. So I let him handle it. All right. Mick Heyman, thank you so much. Now, uh, ready for our thoughts for the day? Here we go. Okay. So um, I told my doctor that I heard buzzing. But he told me not to worry. It was just a bug going around. And uh, a man sued an airline company after it lost his luggage. Sadly, he lost his case. All right. Tune in then. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. And of course, 
throwing in some more puns and dad jokes. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.